what was the inspiration for working with sound in the gallery context? Well, there were certain sounds I found particularly uh, entrancing. I was involved with certain sounds. If I woke up in South Philly and there was an automatic drill in the distance, that probably, that kind of thing had something to do with doing the show of sound objects or just the air going into a tube, the sound of pumping up a tube or the sound of coming out of a tube that's punctured. So all these sounds were interesting to me and uh, the first show I did in New York was sound objects at the Duan Gallery. You may know about that. I think there were 11, 11 sounds and then there was an environment. I lived on 8th Street between D and C, all the way over on the east side if you knew New York. That was a poor neighborhood at that time. I was able to get enough space for very little money at a time when I didn't have a lot of money. And uh, I liked the sounds coming in from the window. I found them interesting. And I got the idea to uh, literally take the window out and make a stucco wall same distance as the stucco wall that was there with a window, a bathroom window, an apartment that was on the other side that I could see from the window, and record the sounds. Really, I recorded a whole day of sounds, one tape after another. Trucks going by, you could hear, and people fighting, and shouting at each other, coming in from different windows. I was on the eighth floor, so there were 12 stories in the building, so there were windows from 12 kitchens and bathrooms, I guess. So you had the sound of people arguing sometimes, you had the sound of an airplane going over, or a bus from the avenue that wasn't that far in car horns, people blowing their horns and so forth. So I, I thought uh, it was a constant a symphony, so I recorded it and, uh, and then just put a speaker inside this replication I made of the window looking out on the stucco wall with the other window partially visible, and you may have seen reproductions of that with the sound of a day. I thought it would be 
the thought occurred to me of how interesting it would be if we had a window uh, from Shakespeare's time and the sounds coming in from that window. And I thought, well, in time this will be just as interesting as uh, civilization changes and technology changes. So that was, uh, and I liked the idea of a, of a jackhammer digging up the street and I put some of the asphalt that was dug up into a mesh thing I made so you could see the street that was dug up and the, and the uh, pneumatic drill is there still not, not making noise but the speaker remembered the sound that it made before it was taken out of action as a tool power tool and turned into a, a found object and I don't think I or any other artist would have come up with an idea like that if it had not been the the road that Duchamp and Man Ray had already opened for us uh, with uh, calling an object a work of art So, and Duchamp was first, as as we know. I was aware of his work, and it, it affected me. And Duchamp actually was at the the Duan Gallery show. Yeah, he correct? came. I met him when I had the sound objects in place, and he wanted to hear them, and they were played. And eventually I became very close to the daughter of Tini Duchamp. And we became close to Tini Duchamp. We stayed with Tini Duchamp. We stayed in her place in, in uh, France. I believe it was France, Italy or France, I think it was France. So I met Duchamp, which was a very powerful experience for me, and then became close to his widow. And uh, I had four <coughs> shows at Twan Gallery, mm. and the, the Six Sights was the title of the show. Are you familiar with some of these mm. things? Six Sights was paintings, the subject of each painting was the wall on which it hung. It was 10% or 15, I forget what, 10 or 15% reduction of the wall. So there were oil paintings that looked like the wall, like a smaller version of the wall that they hung on. So you saw the air vents at the top or paintings of the air vents and you saw the electric outlets so you could tell it was the wall that you were on. And was, I thought if an idea was dumb enough it was it was good. <laughs> but they're connected, the fact of showing a pneumatic drill and the street, the chunks of asphalt that are dug up is, is related to showing the very wall on which the 
painting is hanging. I think they're very related, those two. I want to ask you about John Cage and in relation to your works with sound. Um, that Virginia Dwan show with the sound works, that took place before you actually were acquaintances with John Cage? Virginia saw the work and had some of it at the gallery. Uh, yes, before I knew John Cage. And then she called and said that I don't know whether she gave me his name. She might have just said, someone wants to, is, is, is interested in seeing your, uh, and hearing your sound objects. It was before the show. She told him about it, I guess. I'm trying to remember. So that was how you were. And she didn't say who. She just said. Were you? I don't think she said who, because I had been to John Cage concert mm -hmm. even before I lived in New York. I'd come to New York to see a John Cage to hear a John Cage concert. At any rate. Uh, I think it was, he had to do something, take something to me or pick something up. But I didn't know it was going to be John Cage. I just thought Dwan was sending somebody. I was living by that time on Green Street, just below Houston, in a loft. And uh, they were all either manufacturers of ladies' hats, for instance, one, one loft. There are only two artists in the 12, which is a twin building with one elevator. And uh, Bob Morris and Yvonne Rayner were on the third floor. Mm. On the north side of the elevator, the elevator opened both to the north and to the south. And I was on the top floor opening to the south. So we shared shared the elevator on the weekends when there was no elevator man. During the week there was an elevator guy who was through factories. We were the only two lofts that had uh, artists living in them. At that time, lofts could, uh, it was called AIR, Artist in Residence. And, and you had to have a sign on the front of the building, in fact, so that if there was a fire, the fire company or the firemen would know that there were people living there. If, if the fire was on a Saturday or a Sunday or if it was after hours, the law said you had to have a sign about this size, size, size of this book maybe, or the size of half of this book, that um, said AIR, Artist in Residence. And uh, so the bell rang, it was on the weekend, 
and Virginia said someone was going to come over to pick up, I forget what, something for the show. And it was John Cage who came in. He said, I'd heard you're going to do a show of sound objects, and I wanted to hear the sounds of you at the time and see them and see the sculptures. And I said, sure. So that's why I met him. I met him really. I was, in effect, the elevator man that day. And we went up and we saw, we saw the sound, the, the uh, sculptures. And I don't remember how much, how long after that, Anyway, a couple of years, this will probably say when it was, a couple of years after that, I came up with the idea of uh, a theater piece called You Are. And it was very related to the wall on the wall. You saw the photo paintings of the walls. The subject of the painting was a slight reduction of the wall. It was large paintings with an air vent in, in the same position. And the, uh, electric outlets in the same positions. And uh, I went to Alana Heiss, who was the founder and head of Clock Tower. Have you heard of Clock Tower? Yes. And then PS1. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said I had the idea for a performance where a narrator describes the audience so it was very related to the painting of the wall on the wall. So it was related to the painting on the wall. It was very related to that piece, which is a photograph. A photograph of the room with a scaffold in it. And this is the real scaffold. There's a photograph of the scaffold. The scaffold was used to to paper the wall with the photograph on the wall. And uh, a narrator describes the audience and a court stenographer takes down every word and then a speed typist types up from the... Because a speed typist can't type as fast as people can talk, but a court stenographer can. But a, but a speed typist from the shorthand notes can type up a page every couple minutes of, of what the shorthand version of the narrative was. And then a, an assistant would put that on the wall so the people could read what they had heard. So it's, it's again, it's circular in the, in the sense of the wall on the wall. It's, it's, about, it's about the experience and it's replicating the experience both sound-wise and visual-wise. This is doing it visual-wise, and the other way is doing it by a description of the visual. The, the, the description of the visual and the sound, which is a description of the whole situation. And then the thing went up, and, and, uh, and then Alana Heiss uh, heard about my idea of uh, Well, I did another exhibit there at PS1, which were photographs 
they're very related to uh, six sites. This is uh, photographs of the of what a mirror would see if a mirror was there. And then the performance you saw, there's a photograph somewhere here of John Cage doing You Are. Yeah. So he's describing, and since it was Cage, I, I thought maybe describing the sounds would be interesting. Of the audience uh, and of the of everything, and uh, and then Les Levine was the visual artist, I believe, on a different night, and he described the visual, what he was seeing, and that went up on the wall. Do you self-identify as a conceptual artist? I happen to think that. All real artists are conceptual artists. I think Leonardo definitely was a conceptual artist. I think Hieronymus both was a con I think it's the concept that's interesting. I think it's the conscious, it was the content and the context. And uh, for me, a conceptual artist is a tautology. Because all good art is the idea that it's the idea. I mean, I think Bach was a conceptual artist, <laughs> right? I think Homer and Dante and James Joyce are conceptual artists in a way. But we, the word came into use with uh, probably with Man Ray and Duchamp, or work that was came from the license that, that people, artists, including myself, thought that they had given, given us. I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think I would have done a piece like this, or this, or that on the floor, without Duchamp. Mm. You know, that's what I think. <laughs>